Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, My City Church. How many guys are enjoying our You Asked For a series so far? Pastor Clyde preached a phenomenal message last week on stress and anxiety. I hope that it blessed you. Take those to the bank and carry them around with you for a mobile deposit or withdrawal whenever you need it because uh, it was a powerful word. And uh, here we are week two for You Asked For It. And uh, I am not going to be sharing the word with you this morning. However, one of my close friends is going to be sharing with you today. Uh, He has been such a blessing to my life. I've known him for going on 12 years. And uh, even through this transition and everything going on, it's just really spoken a lot of life into me. And so because out of the respect of what he has been for me, would you all stand to your feet and help me welcome up to the stage, Pastor Terry Brown. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. You know what? I think, first of all, it'd be fitting if we gave God all of the glory. You know, you know what? Um, this is my second time here. We were here the first uh, Sunday that you guys opened up here. And I can tell you, my wife and I left here like, wow, God's doing something big. He's doing something really big. And it's going to take some work, a lot of prayer, and a lot of faithful people to do what I believe God is going to do. And, and so, you know what? Last, not yesterday, we were talking about the Nebraska football game. And... Um, and you know, when they were up nine to nothing, man, we were like rocking and rolling in our house, man. The hot wings were flying. We're like, this is it, right? And then the hot wings went down real quick. But you know what? We can give God praise and greater than a football team. So can we right now take a moment and just give God all of the glory? Come on, can you really let it go? Can you really say, Lord, you are worthy? God, we glorify your name. God, we are victorious today. We are children of the Most High God. We praise your name, God. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of taking Omaha for you, Lord, in every church, in every village, in every crescent of this city. God, use us for your glory. Give us boldness, Lord, to walk it out, Lord, and a commitment to stay the course. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go and be seated. You know, uh, I'm going to mention a couple things I didn't mention the last time, but, um, you know, just to add to the fact, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, uh, I come from a family of 10, uh, seven sisters and two brothers. That was weak. Seven sisters and two brothers and one bathroom. Yeah, that got you. Yeah, now you're awake. So, um, and my dad was an Air Force chaplain, and we traveled around, and it was just really cool. And um, I, I think just in the midst of all that, that's where I really kind of got my love for Christ, is just going after God, because I watched my dad. And my mom was a great singer. Uh, my mom would sing around the house all the time. What I loved about my dad was, 
and this is where I get my love for prayer. My dad, I would walk down the hall of our home at Elmendorf Air Force Base in Alaska, and from the time I was small to the time my dad passed away, there, his door was open about this wide. And you could walk down the hallway, and it was open enough where I could see him praying. And he never stopped praying. You know, so keep praying. But um, I spent a lot of my time at UPS. I retired as a, a UPS executive, HR region manager some time ago, a few years ago. And it was great. And there I met Clyde Stackhouse. And Chris Reese, if he's here. Chris Reese was another one who was on your security team last time. Just some really great people. And I just want to say also, Clyde and Cindy Stackhouse, man, we have been friends. We have walked the journey together in life for so many years. And I also want to say the same thing that I said last service. And I really mean this. Because I'm not about trying to get brownie points. I just believe when God gives me opportunities, I just go. And I, I look at it as an assignment. Pastor Eli and Kelly... God is going to use them greatly for his glory. And what I'm asking you to do is this, and all the other pastors and their wives and directors, right? My young brother right there is a youth director. I met him last time. But let me tell you something. Can I tell you guys something? Love on them. I'm serious. Love on them. One thing that I saw in all the years with my dad in the church, and he would go, he would be at one Air Force base, and when he was there, he'd be doing chaplain service, and sometimes he'd start another church somewhere else, and this kept repeating itself. The people loved their pastors, right? And back then, it was like sweet potato pie and fried chicken on Sunday. They'd come knocking at the door, right? And stuff like that. I don't think Eli, well, Kelly may not want it. Eli will probably want that. But what I'm saying is this. You, you, could, you could send them a card of encouragement to all your pastors and your directors because I have seen and walked the path of a pastor's kid. And I've seen the good and I've seen the bad. And can I tell you, they're pouring everything into my city. So we love you guys. I love you guys. And with that, real quick, I must tell you, I've been... I've been married uh, 37 years. In two weeks, it'll be 38 years. My wife and I married when we were 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. I told him last time, you know, I gave her dad, you know, a deer and two, two things of jerky and like an elk. And so, and so we're going to be married 38 years in two years. And she's amazing. And I'm going to share this with you because I didn't share it last time, but it was in my notes. How many single people we got in the house? Come on, raise your hands. Don't be afraid. Okay. I'm going to explain something to you real quick. We went to a youth group that was 1,200 to 1,500 kids. And every Wednesday night at the altar, there were four, five, six hundred kids flooded at the altar. And they would wait, we would wait one, two, three hours. There was no limit. And one time I remember I was dating some people in the church, and the Lord told me, Stop dating. He said, Date me. And I stopped dating, and I went after God like never before. I mean, I went after him with the word. I went after him with prayer. I just went after the word of God. I expected God to do great things. And then one time I'm at the altar, and I remember literally I'm sitting at the altar, and the Holy Spirit said, look to your right. Well, there's like 300 kids over here. I didn't see anything, so I got back on track. He says, no, look to your right. And I looked to my right, and it was like the, literally the Red Sea split. I kid you not. And I saw this beautiful woman 
sitting there calling upon the name of the Lord with such humility and gentleness. And the Lord spoke to me that quick and he says, that's your wife. So I took her out on a date. I was broke. She bought, but I took her out on a date. That's, that's, that's not a good thing. Oh, by the way, she drove, but I took her, uh, but I took her out on a date and we're out on a date. And I literally was, (laughs) I literally was, I literally was sitting in, then it was called the love seat at my parents' house. Only two people can sit on it. And the TV was here. I'm sitting here. She's sitting here. And, I, and I'm watching, she's watching the TV. I'm watching her. I'm like looking, oh my gosh, God is really giving me somebody way over my head. And I'm looking like, she's beautiful. Oh my gosh. And she turns around and she says this. She goes, she will tell you, but she's here. She turned around and she goes, what are you looking at? And I said, and I said, it just came out, guys. It just came out. I said, I'm looking at my wife and the mother of my children. First date. Don't do that unless the Holy Spirit is telling you to do that. And a year later, that's my wife right here, Cindy. So she's here today. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all good. So let's open in prayer. God, we thank you for today, God. We thank you that you are great and mighty. We thank you that you answer prayer. We thank you that you're with us. God, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is present in this place. And God, we ask, God, that you would move in power. God, open our ears to hear. May we respond. The word demands a response. God, may we respond to you today. God, hide me behind the cross so that you alone are seen and glorified because there's nothing Terry Brown can do today to change a life, but you can do all things. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. 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 So as you guys know, in the last year, the last year and a half, um, everybody has been offended in one way or another, offended or unforgiveness. And so, um, and it's been everywhere. And so, and it's been in our communities, it's been in our churches, it's been at, at our jobs, it's been in our country, it's been in the world, just this attitude of offense and a spirit of unforgiveness. So what I want to share with you today is uh, a few weeks ago, I was very offended. And you guys can put that picture up. I was uh, on the end of my property. It's almost like an acreage. And we have like, uh, and I have a basketball court on the very back end. And that's where my two grand boys play, Zane and Malik. They're, they're eight and five. And sometimes their basketball may roll like a foot onto our neighbor's property, but then they roll it back over. It's no big deal, right? It's grass. But my neighbor, I guess, was getting so offended of the basketball rolling on his grass that he put these poles up. And I was really offended by these poles being put up. Matter of fact, my wife said, like, for a week, I was wondering if you were saved, you know, because I was really offended. And what I found out was he loved his grass more than he loves people. Even in the midst of me trying to reach out to him, he will not talk to me. So what should the people of God do when we're offended or in a state of unforgiveness? Let's look at the definition. Definition of offense. It's a cause or accusation. It's a stumbling block. It's an obstacle. And it's also an act of stumbling. And the only way you can address it is something has to change. So about 12 months ago, I decided my health was just horrible. I weighed a lot. And I knew I needed to do something. So if you can come out with these pants. So so, so I needed to do something. So here's what I decided to do. So I decided, I, now I've got six physicians and one nurse in my family, but I decided to do the Terry Brown diet. 
It's not written yet. So I went after the sugar, which is hard for your body to discreet. I went after salt, which holds water in your body. And after that, I decided to watch my carbs. And I decided I was just going to walk 10 to 15,000 steps a day, even in the winter. I was going to do it. I've been committed to it even in the hot heat. I go and I do it. But in the midst of that, I lost 124 pounds. So this is literally what I used to wear. All right, minus the Husker thing. This is what I used to... This is what I used to wear, and, I, and, it used to, and it had to be that big because of my waist and because I held so much water in my leg from all the sodium. Thank you, my sister. And so in the midst of that, I had to change something, and, and that's what God is asking us to do. If you want to be spiritually healthy in the kingdom of God and do what God has called you to do for his purpose and for his glory, you're going to have to change some things. And some of those things may be what's been happening right now. And it could be through a family member, something, a grandparent, somebody spoke over you. It could be what's happened in, in your church or my church, wherever it may be, you've got to go and change something. So to be spiritually healthy in order to address this issue of unforgiveness we need to call on God for help because we can't do it by ourselves. It's just not going to happen. And if we don't do it, here's what's going to happen. If we don't do it, Satan's going to interfere because here's how he works. The Bible says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he's going to come after your family. I've seen it. He will come after your friendships in the church. He will disrupt the church as much as he can. He will come after your friendship with your brothers and your sisters and your grandmothers and, and whoever it may be because of one word they may have spoken over you that now you're offended with and you're not even talking with them. As I shared earlier, offense will make you, if, if you're offended by somebody and this individual, like say I'm walking and this individual's walking past me, offense will make you act like they don't even, they don't even exist. Has anybody been there? been so offended or so upset with somebody, you just walk right past them. You don't say a word. God wants to address that. And if you want to be healthy, we've got to be bold enough to deal with it. And dealing with the fence and, un and unforgiveness is explosive. So they have nitrogen and nitro nitrogen is used for two things. One, nitrogen is used to blow up mountains and bridges, right? You see in the TV where they have nitrogen. The other nitrogen is used like as a pill where they put it underneath your tongue whenever people are having a heart attack or a heart issue and it helps to settle the heart, right? So unforgiveness is explosive. Forgiveness is healthy. Are you putting down? Are you catching what I'm putting down here? So as we look at this, I was just, you know, talking to God about this, this whole change of perspective. And basically it's this, if you decide you're not going to do anything about it, because this message really was a message that God gave me for here, I thought, but then I found that it was also for me in the midst of this. If you do nothing, it's like the story of Muhammad Ali. Everybody know who Muhammad Ali was the greatest boxer ever. Muhammad Ali gets on this airplane and he's sitting on the seat and then the stewardess comes by and she says, hey, you need to put your seatbelt on. He says, I don't need to put my seatbelt on. She goes, why not? He goes, because I'm Superman. And she goes, if you were Superman, you wouldn't need an airplane. So if you want to get on this airplane, put your seatbelt on. And you see, that's just like us. Sometimes we think we have things under control and we don't need help. And what we need is we need the help. Yeah. 
What we need is we need the help of the Holy Spirit because what God is asking us to do is this. He's saying, you know what, brothers and sisters? And I'm going to use my city because I feel like I'm family here. Is that cool? All right. All right. So it's what he's saying, brothers and sisters, my city, you've got to buckle in with the Holy Spirit so that he can lead you where you need to go and you can trust him in it. You will not be offended by it. He's keeping you focused on your destiny, but you've got to be buckled in with the Holy Spirit. Dealing with offense or unforgiveness can be dealt with, and we just have to trust God. We're all on the potter's wheel. So in the potter's wheel, we know that we know that God is the potter, we are the clay, and that many times with the potter's wheel, as God's developing us, and let me tell you, regardless of what happens at the end of this service, we're all going to continue to be on the potter's wheel. So, but if you get to the point, sometimes the potter does, where all of a sudden the clay becomes hardened, and now they need to add something to it. So they add water to it. And that water for us is like the living water, the living word of God. And it's poured upon us so that we can be, so that we, God can still continue to use us. He can keep molding us for his glory. And if we don't do that, it leads to a hardened heart. And God can't do anything with a hardened heart. And he's looking to say, you know what? Do you trust me in your journey of being offended or unforgiveness? That's what he's asking us to do. Where is your faith lie at in that today? Walking in forgiveness. Jesus had this issue. Jesus on the cross, he was crucified, right? Wrongly crucified, but yet for our benefit, he was. But he was crucified, falsely accused, spit on, beat on, but he went to the cross. And what does he say on the cross? He says, Father, in, in Luke 23, 24, he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they even divided up his clothes. But in the midst of that, he still got to this, to this focus of, Father, forgive them. Forgive them because they don't know what they do. And then you've got Paul. Paul, falsely accused, beaten, put in prison over and over and over again. But Paul kept this focus in the midst of being falsely accused and put in prison. Paul comes back, and you know what he does? He keeps his focus to the point he's winning the jailers over the Christ. So even in your offense, when you give it to Christ or your unforgiveness, God can use you greatly and empower you to do what he's called you to do. Now, I'm here to tell you right now, it will not be your power. It will be his power. Terry Brown does not have the power to do it, but God can do it. God has the power to help me with that neighbor that put those poles up. I'm just not sure what the strategic plan is, but I know God's going to come up with a plan. David, you guys all know the story about David. David's running away from Saul. Saul's after David. He really wants him. He wants to kill him because he's jealous of, of the anointing, the calling upon his life. And all of you, you have, an, you have an anointing upon your life. You have a calling on your life. And the enemy, like Saul, just wants to come and distract you with things like offenses and unforgiveness. But Saul's after him. And then David hears that Saul and Jonathan, his best friend, that they're killed in battle. And right away, you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't do what many people do. He doesn't gawk and say, thank God he's gone. The Bible says he tore his clothes off. They began to weep and to cry out because they, were, because they had been killed in battle. And you know what that is? That's just like Jesus did. That's what Paul did. It's an act of forgiveness. And you see it in the life of Joseph. 
Joseph is basically sold down the road by his brothers, and he's sold down the road by his brothers, and then he goes to the king's palace, and then all, all of a sudden, next you know, now he's falsely accused. He's falsely accused, so now he's put back in prison. So he's put back in prison, he's waiting. God moves on his behalf. So that just tells me something. That tells me no matter what the, how bad the odds are against you, God can still open up a door of hope. And not only a door of hope, but maybe a door of promotion. So now Joseph is promoted. He's second in charge. His brothers just sold him. All of a sudden, they're now in a, uh, in a, in basically in a famine. And now they're coming to Joseph, who they don't recognize, to ask for provisions. You know what Joseph does? He doesn't gawk at them. He looks at them and he says, my brothers, it's me, Joseph. And they began to weep together and cry together. And all of a sudden, he gives them the provision, the blessings. Why? Because of an act of forgiveness. I was in a Christian rock band. And let me tell you what, it was near as good as this band, man. I'm weird. These guys make it happen. Just so, so anointed. And I was in a Christian rock band. And we used to do our own bookings, and we traveled the country. And we went to a place called Sterling, Colorado. We were called Morning Star Ministries. And these are the three of us. And as I said in first service, back then, to be anointed, you need to have an afro. So I was saying, Pastor Eli and CJ and the other pastors, you know, you guys already got the double anointing. I'm going to give you a triple anointing. I'm going to get you guys an afro set. So you had to have an afro back then. Just joking. For those of you that are new believers, we're just joking. <laughs> Don't show up with an afro next week, Eli. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eli. So, um, so anyway, so we, we did our booking and we're literally, um, we went to Sterling, Colorado. We were there a day early. So we're there a day early. So we decided to camp out. So myself, Daryl and Terry, we're staying in this blue tent. My sister and my brother-in-law and my niece, who was two years old, they staying in this big minivan. And about two o'clock in the morning, these vehicles come down the street and they're yelling all kinds of words. They're like, what is this? And then they, and then, then they began to circle our tent. So their lights were, their vehicles were facing us with their headlights like this way. We're in the middle and there's all these vehicles and they're yelling things. And because the lights were shining on us, we could see their figures getting out of their vehicles. And we all three looked at each other and we said, man, this is going to go down. We're going to have to fight for our lives here. This is not good. So we get out, and all I can tell you is just people just started swinging. And I looked over at one point, and uh, there were people rocking the minivan, trying to tip it over that my sister, my brother-in-law, my niece were in. And I don't know, man. It's like God intervened, and the fight stopped, and they got in their vehicles, and they started taking off, and they said, we're coming back to finish it. So we thought, you know what? We're not going to give you a chance. So we pulled our tent up, and we thought, let's go find them right? So we got our tent and we are angry. We are offended. There's no way we're going to forgive them. And my first thought was, you know, this is going to look really bad if we beat some people up in town and then we minister the next day for salvation or healing. Probably not a good move, but that was, uh, that's where we were. That's how offended, that's how angry we were. So we're sitting in there and my first thought after I, after I was writing this was, I've really never been in a fight. In Anchorage, Alaska, this guy called me out, this kid. I was like in third, fourth grade. He calls me out, and all the neighborhood kids are out there. Terry Brown, come out. Terry Brown, come out. This kid wanted to fight me. So I'm thinking, oh, man, how's this going to go down? My older brother, who was a fighter, he's like, man, you got to get out there. Come on, show your manhood. Go for it. Well, I didn't have much manhood back then. And so I go out there. The kid's got this fist like this, and my brother goes, put your hands up. So I literally put my hands up like this. 
my face was just open. And he goes, cover up. And I was like, eh. and he went to go swing at me. And when he went to go swing at me, I saw his hand coming and I was just ready to count myself out myself. And all of a sudden, I, he didn't hit me and I heard noise and I looked down. My seven sisters jumped this dude. Like, I'm telling you, hair was flying, shirts ripped off. This guy's running. They're grabbing his leg like it's WWE. They are on this guy. Yeah, we were saved too back then too. And they are on this guy. So I was thinking to myself, wow, I've really never been in a fight. But if it got to that point, what should my, my perspective be about Sterling, Colorado? Matthew 6, 14, 15 says this, and I'm going to put my name in it, and you can put your name in it. It says, for if you, Terry, forgive other people when they sinned against you, your heavenly Father, Terry, will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, Terry, of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So not forgiving others and offending others and not dealing in forgiveness, the Bible says, is a sin and must be dealt with that leads to forgiveness, and that's what Jesus is saying here. The 20th president of the United States was Abraham Garfield, and Abraham Garfield was shot, and when he was shot, he was shot in the back and also in the stomach area, and the bullet lodged in a fatty area in his body, and in the midst of that, the doctors didn't have x-rays, so what they did was they started prodding where he was shot, and then they started digging more holes to find out where the bullet was. So you know what happened in the midst of that? He caught an infection. So in the midst of him catching an infection, it wasn't the bullet that killed him. It was the infection because they kept digging in the wound. Unforgiveness is like an infection. If you don't deal with offenses and unforgiveness, it'll keep, you'll keep digging in that womb, digging that scab up. It'll never let go. And you know what? Eventually, it will hurt your walk with Christ. It will hinder your, your destiny. And God is asking you for greater things than that. Or maybe you're the offender and God is asking you, you to do something that is outside your power, but not outside his power. God has been wrecking me with this message. I thought God was giving me this message for you guys. And you know what? God told me this as I was, as I was going through this message when I was praying. He says, Terry, do you really believe the words that I just gave you? Yeah, Lord, I believe it. Okay, you know what? You've got three people you need to address. You got three people that you haven't forgiven. You have three people that maybe you've been offended by them or something like that. He goes, but I'm asking you right now, if you want me to be at my city church by your side and my Holy Spirit to work, you need to go address these three people. And the first person I called, we were going to meet at their house, but they came to my house and we met together and we just walked through things together. We didn't dig up a lot of the past. We just were moving forward and trusting. We prayed together. The next day we ate at Runza and I had my Southwest salad, which I love and we're there. And let me tell you what, it was the best Southwest salad I had. And let me tell you why. Because when you start working in the area of forgiveness and addressing offense, everything looks different. Everything tastes different. And the Bible says, in the scripture of Psalms 34, 8, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you start dealing with those areas, 
things start getting really good. The second person I called and I text, they will not respond. You know what I decided out of that? I'm just going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to work it out. And if the Holy Spirit gives me an opportunity to do so, I will walk in that. The third person, it was just God's destiny. The third person that I talked with, we met, and we did a lot of crying together. And this was a person in the church. And we cried together, and we asked God to help us in our relationship. I asked him to forgive me. He asked me to forgive him. And we agreed right there that we were going to seal it with the blood of Jesus, and we were going to move on. Is there someone in your life that's offended you? Because if so, today, I saw it in my time of prayer this past week. I saw it again this morning at 3 o'clock when I got up when I was praying for you guys. I saw chains being released. I saw people in handcuffs, the handcuffs falling off, all because you're holding on to some sort of offense or a word somebody has said to you that you will not let go, and it's hurting you. Matthew 18.21 says this, and I love this. And I guess I would first say, what is God saying to us today at My City Church? It's probably the same question that Peter asked Jesus. Matthew 18, 21 through 22 says this. At, the point, at that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Who hurts me? And Peter just throws a number out there. Seven? Boy, Peter's so bold. Jesus replied, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. See, Jesus, Jesus is basically saying to Peter, in your own strength, you can do seven. But in my strength, you can do 70 times seven. How many times it takes, you can do this. You know why? Because here's what it's like. When you become a believer in Christ, and if you don't know Jesus Christ today, we're going to ask you to receive him. But if you know Jesus today, here's what it is. You no longer live. It's now Christ, the hope of glory that's in you that gives us power to do what we're called to do. That's how he works. That's how he works. So in the midst of that, just breaking it down, Jesus is saying, that's why you need me, Peter. That's why we need Jesus. He's capable of helping us do more than seven. Everybody say he's able to do more than I can expect. So some of the biggest differences right now in the world, you guys, as you know, is just the unsettlement that's happening. And those unsettlements and offenses have not just been out in the world or on cable news. They've been in the church. They've been at God's church. And let me tell you something that I didn't share last service. We are the trendsetters, not the world. We set the tone of forgiveness and how to deal with issues, not the world. The news media doesn't dictate God's kingdom. God dictates his kingdom. And in the midst of that, he's saying, with him, all things are possible. What's the definition, the Bible definition of forgiveness? Bible, Bible forgiveness, the biblical um, forgiveness is the process of forgiving someone or being forgotten or forgiven as illustrated in the Bible. Forgiveness itself is defined as letting go of sin in the Bible. This includes everyone, every time of everything. 
because I'm about to walk through something when I share with you. I had to walk through this. Everyone, every time of everything as an act of obedience of, of gratefulness to God. It's releasing the other from the blame, leaving the event in God's hands and allowing you to move on. I don't know about you, but when I dealt with those three individuals, I felt like now I'm moving on. I'm moving on to a greater destiny that God has for me. And those things are now behind me. I'm looking forward to the things that are ahead of me. And forgiveness and forgiveness and not addressing it, you're just walking back things all the time. And you're wondering maybe why you're not moving forward. But God has this destiny for you and this purpose for you. Amen? You know, you may say, Terry, okay, my offense is really hard. My offense does not compare to your offense. You just spoke about poles in the backyard. You just spoke about an issue in Sterling, Colorado. But maybe your offense is so much deeper than that, and you're going, Terry, I can't relate to you. I can't relate to you because, because mine's hard. It's deep. I mean, it's a deep wound. And Terry, you can't relate. Well, I can relate. If we want to put this picture up. This is a picture of my granddaughter and... And she was like four days away from turning two. And she's beautiful. Her name's Amani Page. And we, um, Amani, we had Amani over for dinner on a Sunday. And my family always has dinner on Sunday together. And she loved meatballs and strawberries and apples. That was her thing. Man, she could eat for a little girl. Man, she could eat. And so um, we used to play a game when she used to leave. And uh, my daughter would get in the car, and she got in the car with her boyfriend, and, and they're leaving. And I used to play this game like, uh, you know, hey, I love you. And they'd go, I love you more. I love you more. And I'd be like going down the street with them, yelling this, I love you, I love you more, until finally they got out of, out of sight. So my daughter got called into work, and her boyfriend had watched her numerous times before. It's not a big deal. But she had a soiled diaper, and she went up and said, I got a soiled diaper, and and he just lost it, and he murdered my grandbaby. So, so we were bitter. I was so bitter. I was so offended, and I was not going to forgive. There's no way. So my wife and I went to the Ozarks, Osage, Missouri. We got a friend that has a house there. And, and I remember I went out on the dock, I was sitting in a chair like this. And it was early morning, I don't know, maybe 5, 5.30. And as I said, the first service, it was kind of foggy like this. <laughs> And the water is coming up against the shore, and I'm just listening. I love, I love being there. Water just gives me a peace. And, and I'm sitting out there just crying about the loss of my grandbaby, and I'm like, oh, God, what happened? And in the midst of that, this hatred that's boiling in me for this guy, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And literally the Holy Spirit, Spirit said, I can hear it as clear as I'm talking to you. 
I had my hands like this. The Lord said, you've got to give it up. And I said, I'm not giving this one up. You're asking too much. Now I'll forgive the rest of them, but this one, uh-uh. I'm holding on to this one. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care where it goes. I'm not letting this one go. And as clear as the bell, the Lord spoke to me. He said, he's in the 70 times seven. He's in the 70 times seven. So I slowly began to open my hands after being up there for a couple of more hours, just bawling my eyes out. And I'm not sure where you're at today. But you know what? God has sent me here to tell you that in your offense, or if you've been offended, or you're an offender, or you're walking through something where you haven't forgiven somebody, they're in the 70 times seven. And for God to do what he wants to in your life, you can leave here if you want to and let the enemy have the victory by holding on to it. Or you can release it today. Your freedom can come today. I've laid my life out to you because you know what? I've learned over these years of teaching and preaching. This life is not my own. And if God can work in my life, you know, I can tell you about my experience, about the greatness of our God, even in the midst of loss, then I would do it. So what's your challenge today? What's your challenge today? I'm going to do a wedding next Saturday, and I know I'll use, I'll use uh, you know, 1 Corinthians, the love chapter. That's what we always do, right? And it says, love never fails. All the other gifts, they're good. All the other gifts, all the other talents, they're good. But you know what? If you don't have love, Jesus said, they will know us by our love for one another. By our love for one another. And you know what? Whether it's Pastor Eli or Kelly or CJ or Rachel or, 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 the, or, the, or the, the stack houses, I tell people all the time, I love you. We in the body across that, that should be what we say. Love is okay. It's not a weak point. That's a strong point from the kingdom of God. So love, love, love never fails. It may take a day. It may take a week. It may take a month. It may take a year. It might even take a funeral. But his love will not fail us. And if that's you here today, I'm going to ask you to be bold like I was bold by just laying it out to you. Just act like it's just you and Jesus today with an area maybe you're dealing with offense or you've been offended and you haven't been able to let it go, that forgiveness. And I'm going to ask for you to come. I'm going to ask for you to come meet me right here. Why don't you stand to your feet? And if that's you today, why don't you just raise your hand? Come on, this is about the kingdom. This is, we serve a God who's great and mighty to save. He's the answer for you today. You got your hands up. Will you meet me down here? We just come down here. 
And after you get down here, we're gonna have the prayer team come. Come on, guys. Come on down. Come on, this is a, this is a kingdom moment. This is where God does his work the best. In the midst of humility. Come on, keep coming. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name, O oh God. You are great and mighty, O oh God. You are great and mighty, O oh God. God, I thank you, God, that you can hold us, God. I thank you, God, you can give us the strength to forgive. God, I thank you that you can help us, God, in the area of offense, God. And for those, God, that you're speaking through the Holy Spirit to go and speak to somebody or to talk to someone about this area, God, I pray that you would give them wisdom. God, may they be led by your Holy Spirit because with you all things are possible. God, you promised you'd never leave us or forsake us, Lord. God, I thank you for those that have come in boldness to say, here I am, Lord. And Lord, you said if we would come that you would meet us. So God, Holy Spirit, meet us in this moment right now. Right now in Jesus' name, meet us in this moment. Forgiveness and grace be unto you. Forgiveness and grace be unto you. Wisdom be unto you. The favor of the Lord be upon you. I speak today that you are a child of the Most High. I just feel like somebody here, God has spoken, somebody's spoken something over your life. And I'm here to tell you right now, you are the apple of God's eye. He has not forgotten you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He has not abandoned you. He is here for you. He will not leave you or forsake you. He says that he will be your strong tower. He says that he will light your path. He says don't look to the rear, even though he's your rear guard. You can trust him today. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.